boys and girls to the Everybody Eats podcast on Spotify. And today, guys, I guess this won't necessarily be a podcast, even though it is. We will be doing one of our very first sports talks, is what I'm going to call it. So in this episode, guys, we're actually just going to be knocking down a ton of topics that you guys, the fans, have sent in via Twitter, and we'll just give our honest opinions on them and maybe, you know, help you get that next sports debate out the window and make you win that, you know, because we're going to give you some guys, some guys, or we're going to give you guys some good, uh, what's it called? Feedback it's like a little sports q and Yeah, a little Q&A. Well, a little bit, I mean. So, kind of. I mean, we have host Ritz Slat, that is me. We have Dan Cronin also in here, and Liam. So, you guys want to say hi, so everyone knows we're chilling. Yeah, these are, we are the three hosts of the other Report Star Ritz podcast. But the yeah, three we musketeers. actually. Well, so everybody's okay. podcast, not report. We, yeah, we continue. Yeah. Cool. All right. We hope to uh, continue this uh, little uh, type of podcast here, this little sports talk, and maybe even bring on like a guest or two. We don't want to bring on too many people. We just want to keep it low key here and have a few good sports Q&A episodes. Anyways, we're going to get straight into this, I guess. So this one question here is sent in by Derek Campo. And this one's kind of related to the coronavirus, I guess. This question is, when do you think fans will be allowed back in stadiums with 100% capacity? So if you guys like, by the way, the format for this, anyone can chime in when you want. We're not going to go too too in depth here. But when do you guys think fans will be allowed back in stadiums with 100% capacity? I'll give give my two cents on this topic right now. Mm. Uh, mm, I'd say probably about like full capacity, 100%, probably a year and a half, maybe two years. Because mm-hmm. I feel like we got to – first, we got to contain, you know, the virus and everything, do whatnot, all the health issues and whatever. And then we got to, you know, ease back into it. I don't think we should rush into it and jump right into full capacity. We got to ease into it, you know, maybe give a year half the capacity and then two years full capacity. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, okay. I feel like to get full, full capacity, they're going to, like – once everything starts, like, fully opening up again – they're going to just start bringing people into the things. But I think they got to wait like at least six months when stuff starts going back to normal to actually fill up an entire stadium with people. Cause you never know that's a ton of people that are just right, right next to each other. So exactly. anyone can have Good it. Point. Just get a ton of people sick. So my thoughts on this is that, well, currently some States, I believe it is Texas. I don't know if they rescinded this yet, but they currently have like a 50% capacity. Um, at all of their stadiums within Texas, of course. Uh, that was enacted by the government pretty recently. It was in, like, May or June. And, like I said, I don't know if that's still going on or if he's, like, redacted it, et cetera. But I think that, like, with that, that can pose as, you know, what's it called? A foundation for America to, like, start getting on a roll here with bringing back fans. So if I were to put my guess in, I would say – I would say late next summer. So basically about a full year from now because and again, I'm not I'm not an expert, but I do believe and I do believe I saw that on the news that coronavirus vaccines are now entering their very mm-hmm. last stage of testing. And who knows when they'll be commercially released to like doctors and hospitals and whatnot and when we can us citizens should start getting them. But depending I guess like on when that is and when once people decide hey, I'm, you're an old person or whatever, you should probably stay home. You have a bad immune system. And once our country collectively goes, hey, yeah, maybe we should all, like, 
try to be safe and stuff and reach 100% capacity, I think that, like, obviously it's going to take all of us, like I said, all of us to cooperate. I think that we can see that happen, happening in, like, next uh, August, boys, next September maybe. Right, yeah. yeah. Just in time That's for pretty, the next yeah. football season. I'd like to say something else on top of that. So, yeah. um, first off, we don't really know how the um, – the um, what's it called? The uh, vaccine – is going to work on a wide scale. They might, you know, in small groups, they test it and might be do good. Mm-hmm. But on a wide scale, we don't know how it's going to react, how other people are going to react to it, the side effects yes. and whatnot. And I feel like, especially with these stadiums, because there's all these home and away games, if one state has full capacity and another state has 50%, you could see fans traveling to more games. You know, say the Eagles are playing the Cowboys in Dallas and – the Eagles have 50% capacity in their home stadium and the Dallas Cowboys have 100%. And you have all these Philly people migrating to Dallas. Mm. You could be keep spreading the virus like that. So I feel like yeah. if we are going to do this right, it has to be on a nationwide scale, not state yeah. by state. So Yeah, like I was going to ask that about Texas. Do you know, because you said they had the 50% thing going on, are they like still complying with each league's like – because each league is still probably saying that's, that's what I'm not sure leagues. about, Liam. Because okay. if the NFL says no fans this year and Texas still has its law, I'm pretty sure no fans are able to go though because it's yeah. like the NFL's rule. Yeah, rule. that's what I was wondering. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm not trying to spoil anything, but I do have some sources connected with the NFL. Basically, my sources are telling me that like uh, they're they're not um, confident in having a season at all, and they don't they maybe they're not the most positive in having season, the good outlook. However, they do believe that they want one. And there's been many uh, athletes and out on social media recently, uh, basically like protesting to like our country. I, I don't know the full backstory, but people are saying the hashtag we want to play and stuff and just telling people wear masks and stuff, which I, I stand by. Anyways, we're not, we're not going to spend any much longer on this, if that's all right with y'all. We're on to the yeah. next one. That's this one's sent by Justin Giannini. Thank you, Jay, for this question. It says, what sport has the best playoffs in terms of intensity? So I'm just going to throw a few sports out here. So, like, obviously, sports, when they, whenever they reach the playoffs, that's, like, the apex of it. Of course. And honestly, if you're going to count – so, I don't like I said, I don't want to rank stuff, but I do want to say NHL has a very, very underrated – playoff system Mm -hmm. i have been to a uh, playoff game in nhl and even the regular season games that i've been to i go to philadelphia flyer games most times it's my local thing even the regular season games those were livid and packed to the brim and the playoff game was even more just intense dude everyone's wearing the same orange color everyone's getting hyped up and stuff i i do like watching nhl playoffs especially because the flyers always pair up with the penguins and that's a big rivalry there nfl I do like NFL as well very much because a good example of that is just the 2018 uh, Minnesota Vikings visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. You saw the pregame, Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill blasting through the stadium. All of Philadelphia, like priests at church, churches in Philadelphia were wearing dog masks. Like it was just actually unreal. Yeah. But wait, can I add on a football real quick? Yeah, sure thing, Lee. Um, yeah, so I feel like you could say both ways about football. Like, it's pretty intense, but you could also say, like, oh, it's just one game. The fact that one game decides, like, the rest of the playoffs for them, some people might not like that. But it's got to be super intense just having – you have one game to prove yourself 
instead of like a series of seven games, which a lot of sports mm, have, you only got true. one game to prove basically your entire season. So. Yeah. And right. I was going to spit up two more quick things mm-hmm. here. And then for Go the ahead. NBA, I have been to an NBA game. And again, this game was just lit. Meek Mill was released from prison earlier that day. I remember seeing it in school. It was my freshman year of high school. Might have been eighth grade. Actually, I think it was freshman year. Anyways, I go home. Me and my dad, we go down to Wells Fargo Center. Dwayne Wade, Miami Heat, are visiting the Philadelphia 76ers. That game was so hype. Meek Mill rang us in. It was just a hype atmosphere. There were a few fights. Goran Dragic was, like, hitting J.J. Redick on the head and stuff. It was wild. And then another sport that slept on with this playoff system, I feel like, is the FIFA World Cup. I was Dude. I have been, and honestly, that's gonna probably gonna be my decision here. What sport is the best playoffs in terms of intensity? It's gonna be, it's gonna be the World Cup. I believe, yeah, it was the 2014 World Cup. I remember this vividly. Me and my family, um, we were down here in Avalon, New Jersey, having a nice, good weekend, and the game was on. We're like, what better, or what's not better? What's a okay English? Anyways, we decided, what is a better idea? I actually can't talk. <laughs> I I it you got it anyways we decided let's just go to the princeton bar in avalon if you guys don't know what this is it's actually like one of the top tier bars in like america honestly it's actually like huge and stuff anyways we're going that was we a big see bar people going. we know i was wearing i was wearing a usa shirt my brothers had like a usa jersey on or something i don't really know i don't remember much but i do remember two key things about this game it was usa versus ghana was it ghana no it was, it was belgium Wait, we tied to Portugal, right? Or we lost to Belgium? Yeah, we lost to Belgium. We lost to Belgium 2-1. I remember that vividly. I had a Sprite in my hand. My parents were talking to, like, it was 91st minute. Belgium was up 2-0. De Bruyne was, like, destroying us. And I remember I had a Sprite in my hand, and my parents were talking to our, uh, yeah, to our neighbor and stuff because we saw him there. And I remember literally out of nowhere, I forget the player. I don't want to say – I forget who he is, except – Anyways, he literally scored in the 91st minute. It was off like a deflection of Corta or something. And he was just like taps it in. It was the USA goal, 91st minute. I legit remember beer just splashing on me everywhere. And I turned around. There's just hands, flags flying in the air. This barber's going electric city. That's why that's, that memory itself is, takes the crown for me. And I probably spent too much on the topic, but it was just lit. So, Dan and Dan and Liam, you got some special what your so- – uh, I'd like to say something. Playoff system um, is. I'm going to keep going on the FIFA, the World Cup. It really starts to get intense when it's the elimination rounds. You know, you're out with everybody. It's something the whole country can get behind. You know what I mean? It's not, you know, different regions of a state or whatever. It's country versus country. France versus USA. Spain versus Italy. It's country versus country. And there's nothing more intense than that, I feel like. You get one game. You win. You're, you move on. You lose. You're out. And if you win, you just – it's electric fine. You just – you're so hype. You're winning, you know, just like that. And I will say another one that gets pretty intense is March Madness. You know, it's – Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. One game, you got 64 teams. And if you move on, you're good. And if you lose, that's it. I mean – Yeah, it's the one game. The right. one game knockout. I feel like one game is more intense than seven games unless you – Yeah, I agree. Seven. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Right. So, um, Rylan, you ready for our next question? I mean, yeah, sure. We can bring, we can bring this next. And this one 
is now we'll move on to the NBA topic. That's just a general topic. Riley Brennan brings up this question. He says, biggest X factor for every NBA team. And obviously that's just very broad. We're not going to go through all 22 teams, I believe it is, down in Orlando. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to bring in the hometown Sixers. Okay. Uh, Daniel, you can get some chime in on this. What do you guys think is the biggest X factor for our Sixers? So I'll go first. I'm going to say it's going to be a mix of two things. It's going to be how well um, the chemistry is with everybody, how well, you know, the ball moves around. It's not, you know, one-on-ones every play. But most importantly, I feel like Ben Simmons is going to have to be the X factor. He's going to have to really put the team on his back, shoot the ball, you know, because he's going to do what – he's going to have to do more than he does already if we he's got to get out of his comfort zone a little bit with shooting more exactly Colin, how about you yeah okay no i was just seeing if he has had anything else left um anyways the one factor i think that for the sixers everyone i feel like this isn't a bad take but i feel like everyone just says ben simmons in his shooting i do feel like overall it will be the matchups because I am a big fan of Joel Embiid. I think because everyone's just been freaking out. All these Philadelphia fans were freaking out about Ben Simmons and his comeback. We've been seeing the workout videos with LeBronis had in the quarantine. However, I think that Joel Embiid, if he's healthy, this dude, and normally between every single playoff, is it? Uh, it was in 2018 with Markel Fultz, the head injury, nose injury. He was out for like the Heat series. Anyways, I think that. Events, or if Joel Embiid's healthy, which we have never seen him 100% healthy walk into the playoffs, and this dude has the right spacing with Simmons at power forward, I think that this man can honestly be like a third into the MVP category of this Orlando series thing. Mm-hmm. I think if he's 100% healthy and we get the right matchup, like with the Heat or something, where he's against a smaller Bam or something, or against the Celtics even, where he has to go up against, I believe it's Cantor. Like, I think that... Embiid's going to be a huge X factor for us. And I think that he can honestly dominate every game, just again, depending on the matchup. If we get, if we get the Raptors or Bucks, like first or second round, it's going to be a long series because we've seen what Obaka and Lopez can do to Simmons. So that's just my thoughts. And are you guys ready to roll into the next one here? I mean, yeah, yeah we're we going to do a couple other teams or another question? Uh, I'd, say, I'd say with how we're looking so far, we just keep it with the Sixers. Okay, that was a great question, though. Maybe we can visit another team in the future with yeah, another episode. Yeah, Riley, that was a great question. And it's a sleeper NBA team in the bubble. So this would be a very broad one. We can just limit this to like a few sentences. I just, want to, I just want to let you guys go first here. Yeah, I'll go first. I'm going to say the Oklahoma City Thunder. And this mm, is why. Good pick. They have been hot. Nobody thought they were going to be good. And what are they? The fourth or fifth seed in the West, which is mm-hmm. a great Western Conference. And second off, they have chemistry like no other team. Chris Paul, Shy, Gil, whatever his last name is, um, and all it's those like guys. Gilgis, yeah, Alexander. They are bread and butter. And when it comes to crunch time, they just they perform. And I feel like they're not going to win, but they might give an upset or two in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that pick. I do like the Thunder, too. They're well-rounded, very well-rounded. They have Schroeder, Paul. Shy, as you said, Stephen Adams, great center. Like they, they're honestly loaded. My pick here is gonna be very upfront. I think that I should have like two picks here. Call me, call me Carson. Like you can yell at me here. But anyways, I think that the Pacers have a very good shot if Oladipo is going to play. There's some reports that he might not. Whatever. 
So. He said he is? He said he's not. Oh, he's not. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyways, so my sleeper NBA team here, although they're like the second seed and they're not a sleeper, I think that the Toronto Raptors can revisit the NBA finals. This I feel year. like a lot of people are counting them out because they don't have Kawhi. Everyone is. They don't have Kawhi. It doesn't matter. They, they have like Fred Van Fleet. Fabulous team. Yeah. OG, a new boy, whatever you say his name. Yep. Pascal Fred Van Fleet. Siakam. Kyle Lowry, Pascal Third. Siakam, and Serge Ibaka, mm-hmm. who always lend this role and be to like 10 and points. I think. Fantastic coach. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, Nick Nurse, it is? Yep, Nick Nurse is a fantastic coach. I think that I think the Raptors, people were counting that way too quickly. Yeah. In the early season, Pascal Siakam was becoming like an MVP favorite by NBA fans. Mm-hmm. If this dude's healthy and the Raptors can get clicking, oh, boy, oh, boy, are they staying at that Grand Destino Hotel for quite mm-hmm. a while. And Fred Van Vliet, playoff Fred Van Vliet, something else. I'll I know. I mean, come on now. Like I said, although they're not a sleeper, they will surprise some people, I think. This one next one's also from Aiden Ritzke. What team and player on that team – oh, yeah, what team and player on that specific team uh, will improve in the restart? Okay. Uh, again, we can make this quick as possible. So, Liam and Dan, if you guys want to chime in first here. Yeah, so um, – okay. So I was stuck with the Thunder, and I'm gonna say a player that's really gonna shine. Um, you like the Thunder? Like, yeah. Well, I feel, yeah, I feel like they're gonna improve, but um, it's either gonna have to be Chris Paul or Shea Gillis Alexander because you know they're the two main players on the team, and come time they're really gonna have to step up their games and improve, and you know, lead their team to victory. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. Okay, that's a good pick. And, oh, Liam, you got this? No, go ahead. Go ahead, Ron. All right. And, again, this is very impromptu. I don't really have any, like, background research on this. However, I think that one team and player that will, like, improve the most, it could be the Heat, honestly. Because Jimmy Butler, we saw him take over the Sixers in the playoffs last year. He was the man in Mm -hmm. the Raptors series. Jimmy Butler. Dude, literally kept us alive. Yeah. Like, with that layup or that steal and layup in, like, game seven. Mm-hmm. Although, like, Kawhi traveled and then had a few lucky bounces. Yeah. Like, I think that Jimmy Butler can actually lead the Heat. The Heat have a good yeah, young group there. Mm-hmm. But Jimmy Butler just took over last year. Why not again? You know what I mean? I think that they can make some noise down south there. I agree very much so. With yeah. That. This next question by Ben Heron. Is Matthew Della Dadova arguably the best point guard in Cavs history? You see, right. so yeah, Matthew Deldadova. That might sound like a joke of a question. Do you think about it? It's not a joke. That's like at all. not. It's that's not serious. a joke at all it's because like serious. that dude locked down Steph Curry. And yeah, stuff. this is this Damn, what I'm you can. Say. Yeah, you can so, find some more background info here. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, what's his name? Kyrie Irving might have hit that shot to win the championship, but Matthew Deldadova put the team on his back the year before. And literally locked up Steph Curry for six games. He put it all on the court, man. And, you know, he – I love watching that guy. He was all over everybody. He was like the white Pat Beverly. It was crazy. It was awesome. And, it was loving know, it. He was hitting crazy shots and whatnot. And I feel like if not number one, he's definitely number two right behind Kyrie Irving. That's – you know, that's my two cents. Okay, I like that pick. And, I mean – Right now, the Cavs—they have some young, they have some young guards on their team. They have uh, mm-hmm. what's his name? Colin Sexton, Darius. Colin Sexton and Garland. Darius. Garland, that's it. There we go. 
And they can honestly like revamp that position, but I think I'm still going to give it to Kyrie Irving. The dude, the dude averaged 40 points in the 26, 2016 playoff yeah. series against the Warriors. Obviously, like Matthew Delvadova, like again, when I read that tweet, I'm like, lol. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's honestly not a bad decision. Yeah. And honestly, I'm trying to look up Cavaliers point guards right here on my computer, but I'm not, like, I'm not connected to the Wi Fi. Cavaliers so I, I don't even, good team. Is there anyone else I can, like, that we can throw into this conversation other than Kyrie and Matthew Delvadova? Let me go look this up. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not really too I'm sure. Just gonna go, I'm also going to go with Kyrie. I think he's just too good. Wow. Of, and, well-rounded player just to not give him the number one spot. Like, come on. Here we go. Rankerlistmba.com, the 25 best Cavalier point guards ever. Okay. Oh, they have Mark Price. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mo Will. Like, yeah, this list kind of sucks. Yeah, they never really had a good good point guards. They've always no. been. So, honestly, I'd probably put Matthew Dodova at least top three. I'm not yeah, too informed on, like, all their point guard history, but. Right. To be honest, wait, where even is Dodova on this? Oh, my God. They have, like, Derek Rose on this. Holy bad. <laughs> <laughs> Dude played like 10 games there. Anyways, I guess we just swing on into the next question here. Yeah, let's dive this right into it. This one is by Owen Ritzke. Is Ben Simmons, up, is ben Simmons in a, th- a three-point shot an upcoming threat in the playoffs? And obviously, I'm not just going to say, yeah, and move on. But absolutely, uh, it is a threat. Because as we see, Shake Milton has been running the one at practices, six practices, making Ben Simmons moving you know, to the wing power forward yeah. position. And I think that if – even if he takes five shots a game and he – like, he can still run up the floor with, floor with the ball on fast breaks and stuff. But I think that even if he, like – what's it called? Like, even if he shoots, like, a, a few balls from the corner – He just needs to gives, try it more than he does now. Yeah. If he tries it more from, like, the corner as a power forward and gives, like, Shake and Korgmaz slash Richardson some more, like, movement up there, that's so much more spacing for an down low. Once again, which is, like I said – Embiid can just feast down there. So, obviously, it's a three-point threat. And, I mean, dude, if that dude gets a consistent three-point shot, like, even Westbrook levels at, like, 20 to, like, 25%, like, that's just – the NBA is over. You know what I mean? Game over. That's, that's like, a – that's, like, a more – that's a more healthy – or not more healthy. That's a more, like, what's it called? Fit and taller LeBron, just, like, with an average, like, shot or, like, a little bit less than average. And that's just, like, unreal. You know what I mean? So this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say right now, not at all. He is going to have oh, to damn. prove himself to, you know, have a respectable three-point shot. I feel like if I was an NBA team going up against the Sixers, I would give him all the space in the world right now. And he has to prove Absolutely. that he can actually, like, make them, and then I'd respect it. So okay. if he makes a couple, then I would say it's a threat because then teams are going to have to respect it, and then it would create more space. But if he doesn't shoot them, it's no use. Okay. Yeah. I agree. I agree, definitely. I mean, it's going to be intriguing to see him at the power forward spot and taking more shots in games. And as Brett Brown said, like, he's been taking more shots in practice than, like, he has all season in practice. So, next one here by Owen Ritzke again. Should NBA players be snitching on each other for breaking rules in the bubble? I don't know if you guys heard about this, but that's, like, an actual thing where players – I think is. I don't know if it's a few specific players or just, like, any player at all can, like, call in to, like, the NBA hotline and say, hey, this dude's doing this and stuff, not wearing a mask at the pond or whatever. And that can, they yeah. can get, like, quarantined in the room for, like, weeks if they do that and get, like, what's like if they, like, break the rules. And uh, snitching on your boys, though. I yeah, mean, but he, think about it. You could ruin the 
whole NBA if, – if a lot of the players do it, you could ruin the whole NBA bringing sports back or NBA back at least <clears throat> for everyone just because you're – want to leave your yeah. mask off. When I think – like, I honestly think that I actually do like the idea of it. Even though if like – I think they should keep everything anonymous too. Cause like yeah, cause you can't, you can't cause be, like you don't want to be giving like, your name out. Oh, I'm the one that called yeah, out. Like no, yeah, I do think they should have it though because like if I we've seen the NBA react early, like a March like 10th they canceled the season so early. If we see a single case in there, like and that like spreads in one of the hotels, like we've already had like 10 cases throughout all the like 3,000 people working there or something, 300 I think, and that's that's like not too bad. But like if we see a few cases just spread out of nowhere, then, like, obviously, NBA might take calls and just say, you know what, it's canceled. So I think that everyone's got to be safe. You can snitch. Just wear a mask, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'd say, you know, got to have it for safety reasons. Plain exactly. Simple. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, we have a few more topics NBA here we can try to knock out before our Zoom time runs out. Anyways, next one by Will Ritzke. A lot of Ritzkes here. Can the Sixers make it out of the East? They can. This is my thought. I think they can. Again, depends on the matchup. If we get a Pacers or Heat first round, I think we can win that. If we get a Bucks slash Raptors slash Celtics, that's when it goes seven games and we might be headed home early. But if we get like a Pacers first round, which is very much likely, and then the second round we get a Celtics, I think that we can make our way to the conference championship against anyone. As again, it could be Celtics, Raptors, Bucks. But we definitely can make it out of the East. Just depends how the new Sixers format goes with Simmons at power forward. How well Brett Brown does, because we know that he's not too good of a coach. And again, the matchups. So definitely possible. Just maybe like a 10% chance, I'd say. Right. This is what I would say. Um, I feel like they totally have the potential to beat every team in the East. And I feel like they're going to have a, you know, a higher motivation because – I feel like Brett Brown's job is on the line if they do not do good. If exactly. they are a first-round exit, he is going to get fired. He's Even out of there. If they're a second-round exit, he still might get fired because the Philly fans want to see results of the process. Philly fans are brutal. They Even though Embiid and Simmons are still young, they're fourth and third-year players still, people want to see people – Yeah, people, see, are like, people are like, get them traded out of here. And like, but yeah. people want to see pro, um, you know, progress. People want to see wins. Like if we get if we get one young shooter in there that we can mm-hmm. keep rip Lynch from it rip uh what's it called Ilyasova rip Sarich like if if Brett Brand, or if Elton Brand gets its mind together and we keep a young shooter then that big three something right but um yeah so if they don't progress on every year Brett Brown will get fired so he's gonna have to they're gonna have to be a second round game seven at least for him to keep. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. The players like Brett Brown, so I feel like if they want him to keep his job, they better play their butts off and win a couple games here and there, or all of them. And you know, yeah, I agree. I agree. We want to see them happen. Do we have time for one more NBA topic here, Dan? Yes, we do. All right, we're good to go. Anyways, one last topic here against again set in by Will Ritzky. How do you like Shake Milton as a starting point guard? You know, Shake Milton. I like him. I'm a fan of him. He goes up into a ball under the basket. But Shake Milton, <laughs> Shake Milton, I do like him. I think that he can work in our long-term future. But I do feel like the 76ers fan base 
and maybe even the 76ers themselves, they're kind of they're kind of thinking too highly of him just to instantly throw him into this starting position. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's been working in practice, and that's what we like heard with Ben Simmons at the power forward, and that's what it sounds like we're trying to do. We're just only putting him there just so we can move Ben Simmons. But I do feel like all these like NBA fans I see on Twitter like hyping up my man Shake Milton. Like I like him, like I said, but I feel like it's too quick to like maybe give him this starting role against like a let's say we get like a big series against like the Bucks against Eric Bledsoe and stuff. I don't know. You, you want to know like more like slowly it. try and just slide yeah. him in and see how he does with the team. Know, yeah, well, like he had that huge performance against the Clippers on my birthday. I remember that game. Anyways, I think that like I, I'd say like I'm fifty fifty on it. I like it because it's moving sevens, but then again, I don't think he's ready for that like starting position yet. Right. Yeah. What I'm gonna say is I feel like he has the potential to be a really good point guard. Um, we're gonna have to just wait and see how he does, but um. I'm really hoping he does good, and I feel like moving Ben to the power forward is going to shake things up against other teams, and they're not going to really know how to play it because, you know, not every team has, like, great power forwards to match up against Ben Simmons. Yeah. And I feel like now they have to worry about Shake Milton, who is an offensive threat. Definitely. 50% of the time is going to be hard for teams to, you know, figure out what to do. Uh-huh. And that's all relying on Ben Simmons' three-point shot. If he still can't make a three, it's all for nothing. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I feel like he has the potential to do good. And then I like what you said about Ben Simmons and like him being one of those dynamic power forwards. I mean, you don't see you don't see any power forwards. I'm by clocking twenty-two point seven miles per hour down the court. That's the exactly. fastest recorded speed all year from any player. And Ben Simmons was the man to set that record. You don't see a six-ten wholly like muscled out fully muscled out dude just sprinting down the court and be able to guard one to five having the most steals in the nba like most uh tipped ball percentage like you don't see that now Mm-mm. and i swear to god that's just all those numbers i gave you is just proof that if he gets that jump shot going it's done it's over He'll you know be what a i mean top five player in the nba for sure no verbatim yeah all right ladies and gentlemen now we're moving into our NFL portion of this uh, little sports talk podcast. This one being sent in by Kevin Clock. This one is, who are your breakout NFL stars you see in 2020? Now, it's a very broad question, but there are some bold picks I have in mind. One of them being Stephon Diggs. I think that Stephon Diggs and Buffalo Bills are just going to be a great team this year. I think they're going to flourish in all ways. Um, they have... Tredavious White, great cornerback. And I think that, like, with a good defense, obviously brings a good offense. I think that Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs will make, will make something a little bit special up there in Buffalo. Diggs will rack in a ton of catches and touchdowns. Like, we've seen him on those fly routes. The dude can burn everyone. Another story I see, which many people, again, are siding with and, like, see, but, like, it's, it's very common pick. It's going to be Kyler Murray with the Arizona Cardinals. He's going to be entering a sophomore season as a starting QB. Dude's 5'10", looks like an MLB outfielder. You know what I mean? And he honestly had probably one of the worst offensive lines last year with the Arizona Cardinals, arguably one of the worst. Jets were pretty garbage too. And I think that, obviously, they brought in DeAndre Hopkins. That's just going to be unreal over there. You have veteran Larry Fitz teaching Andre or DeAndre everything. I think that Kyler Murray is just going to have a great season overall. 
we've seen this before with sophomore QBs. Carson Wentz was going to win MVP until his leg snapped. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I think he won MVP his sophomore season. It might have been the third. I think it is his second, though. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. sophomore seasons just always work for QBs. That's when they More get Jackson. a hold of the NFL and everything. And basically, I just think that it's going to work out for Kyler Murray, too. Uh, the, it's going to keep showing with him. And I think, I think he's going to make something special and make the playoffs with the Cardinals there. So if y'all got any, any other stars yeah. you'd be keeping your eye on, All right. uh, split well, it out there. I'm not the biggest football fan. I don't really know too many players. But I was going to say Kyler Murray. And then, you know, Damn. I was thinking, um, this might not really be a breakout player, breakout star, if you will. But I feel like Greg Ward for the Philadelphia Eagles is going to have a oh, wow. big impact for the wide receiving core. Really? I do because I feel like our wide receivers suck. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, crash. they're good, though, I swear. <laughs> so I feel like he's going to have a big impact. And last year, late in the season, he was our only reliable wide receiver. Yeah, he's pretty good last year. So. Some- the, thing, the thing is, a, I don't want to cut you off, but the thing is about him is that like, we call him reliable. But that man wouldn't even have been on any other 31 NFL rosters. Like, that's how bad our receiving group was. Was well, it Wentz, not really that much better? What? I mean, we have Alshon Jeffrey. He's old. Deshaun Jackson, we don't know what he's going to do. Well, yeah, it depends if, like, Deshaun Jackson plays and if Jalen Rieger is going to be it, good right. at all. But, like, with what's it called? With Ward, is that, like, Earth? The Eagles, is that, like, Carson Wentz threw for 4,000 yards. All right? And had no receiver over 500 yards. That's just absurd. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So maybe he'll be that guy. He'll be that guy next year out of the slot. Yeah. I did just think of another one. He's also on the Eagles, Miles Sanders. I feel like he's a yes, sophomore yes. running back. I feel like I do way better. Be uh, because last year it was him and, like, Howard. And then Howard, Howard, yeah. Jordan Howard literally, like, disappeared week eight or something. He got injured. He got, like, you know, he got, like, a little injury. And then every week it's, like, he's out. Yeah. He's out for this week. He's out for this week, too. I'm like, all right, whatever to this, dude. And that's when Miles Sanders, weeks 13 to 17, he had more yards, or he had, like, a 1,000 yards just combined. Like, that dude was just pulling in rack, yak, everything. Like, I, th- I like that pick, too, Dan. It's, it's a very, very, like, casual pick right now, but I like it, too. Right, you know thank what I mean? You, thank, you. thank you very much. Wait, yeah, so. You got anything? Um, no, Liam has one. Let's go. Liam, yeah, you got to no, dig I deep. I don't really have one. I'll just – uh yeah, I really I just really don't have one. We can just cool. move on. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> All right, so this next question, I'll send it by Kevin Clock. Uh, he says that Jonathan Taylor is his breakout player next year. And what are your thoughts on this? So, yeah, well, I have I informed. Yeah, I have informed conscience player. on this because the Colts, uh, the Colts are an uprising team. I, th- I think I can see them making the playoffs next year. They brought in Phillip Rivers. That dude is a coach on the field. Uh, he also has like seven kids. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. The Colts have by far, without a doubt, the best offensive line in the NFL. They have Quentin Nelson, third-year dude from Notre Dame. That dude, saw, that dude got $15 million for writing his name on the contract with the Colts, and that dude has lived up to every single penny of it yeah, we're and more. Agreed. And, like, they also have Costanzo. I forget, like, who else oh, yeah. is on that line, but good. I just know it's absurd. They Jonathan Taylor, I, f- I believe he'll be, like, sharing uh, – what's it called? Sharing snaps with – and hang on, this dude's name is, like – hang on, let me go look up the Colts running back. 
Oh, yes. Marty it's only taking my tongue. It's like Mac something. Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack. There it is. Mm-hmm. There you go. He'll, there you be, go. he'll be splitting touches with Marlon Mack, and I think that even though he'll be splitting it, I still think that John Taylor's just going to work fluently with that line. We've seen it happen before. Right. DeMarco right. Murray with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Then he went to the Eagles. Eagles line sucked that year, and he sucked. So good line equals good running back. So That's I think so I like true. that. I like that take, Kevin. Agreeable. Yeah. Yep. So okay. This one's pretty broad, and we can all answer this one. Next one sent in by Michael O'Connor. It says, who will be in the NFC and AFC championship games next year? So you guys can start this one off, and I'd like to hear what you all say here. All right. Well, I'll, I'll lead us off here. Um, okay. In the, um, the AFC, it's going to have to be the Chiefs for me. All right. Okay. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, enough said. And in the NFC. Wait, are we doing like verse who or just the winner? No, just do – yeah, you can say like versus who. Oh, yeah, why. okay. I guess, I guess you could say against who would the win. Ravens then. Chiefs, Ravens, I feel like okay. it's pretty, pretty uh, – So, you got, you're going with the Lamar Jackson-Patrick Mahomes battle. That will be something Yeah, I feel say. like they're going to be the two elite teams in the AFC. That's dank. And the NFC, um, you know, probably going to have to be the Saints again because they're a pretty mm-hmm. decent team. They make it like every year. Yeah. And they never win. It's funny. Right. It's hilarious. And the other team to rival them. Um, you know what? Why not let it be the Eagles? Because I feel like, you know. <laughs> as soon as you a, took that, you know what? I already knew it was coming. The Eagles have a pretty solid defense. And I feel like if they can get their act together on offense, they'll be a, a dangerous team. Yeah. Uh, I can go next sir. if you want. Go ahead. It's going to be the Buccaneers. Okay. I swear to God. Okay, so I'm going to do the same um, AFC as Dan. I'm going Chiefs versus Ravens. and Original. Yeah, okay, thanks, Dan. And I just think the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes are just going to pull that uh, pull that one out. But, um, okay, now on to the NFC. Um, you know, I'm going to go with the 49ers, and okay. I got to have them facing the Buccaneers. Dude. Um, Come on, dude. They're they're on a similar level as the Eagles, I feel like. Okay, and you pick the Eagles. And the Buccaneers. Come yes, on, that's man. yep. That's what it's gonna be. You watch, okay? And yeah, the okay. Buccaneers. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw the Buccaneers as winning it. You know, why not? Weird. All right, Ryan, how about you? Okay, I like that. I like that. So really. for this year's NFC and AFC championship games, I'm gonna throw some bold teams out there. But we live to be bold, ladies that's and gentlemen. What we like. So for the AFC, I want to put the Chiefs in here. And, like, obviously, I actually think the Chiefs will make it. But I'm not going to put them in just because I do think these two teams also have a very high shot. And I just want to put them out there because they're not mainstream. You know what I mean? I, w- I want to be quirky is what I'm saying. So for the AFC, I'm looking to see the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Buffalo Bills in the AFC championship game. The Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, by pro football focus, which is like the top NFL uh, like database. They have the second ranked defense out of the whole entire NFL. Like they're actually unreal. Mega Fitzpatrick, Casey Hayward. Although they lost D lineman, um, Javon Hargrave. I still think like they're they're just actually so well rounded on defense on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Joe Hayden is a stellar cornerback as well. I just think that uh, Juju and uh, maybe Big Ben, if he can return healthy, can actually make some good noise there. Uh, but, yeah, this, the Steelers' defense is going to be outrageous next season with T.J. Watt as well. And AFC or the NFC championship game, 
I just want to say I want to say the Saints, but I do think deep down it's going to be the Green Bay Packers versus the Dallas Cowboys. I didn't I didn't want to say the Dallas Cowboys. I didn't want to. I don't want to, but I do think that they in my mouth. The Cowboys have and out the best, of my mouth, both in and out of it. <laughs> the Cowboys have the best linebackers in the league. Though. They've Leighton Van Der Esch, the like don't care. the Mormon with like eight kids already. And they also have Jalen Smith from Notre Dame. Like their their defense, although they have like the worst secondary in the league, probably their their linebackers and D line is kind of like tough though. They got Demarcus Lawrence on that as well. He's very overrated and he's a bum, but still he's kind of good. And I think that CD Lamb's gonna do gonna do pretty good there, which pisses me off because the Eagles were like four spots away from just jumping the gun and taking him. But how he was smart, I swear. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, he's just gonna go off again. Dak Prescott, as much as I hate him, like he's a good quarterback. I think everyone can agree that he's good. Just he's not better than Wentz, though. Obviously, he's a good quarterback, though. I think that he, Amari Cooper, he's overrated. Amari Cooper's overrated. I think that he, CD Lamb, and Amari Cooper are gonna have a Good enough offense and a good enough defense front seven to make that NFC uh, championship game. He's very hmm? good. Is he LA? Yeah. very good? He's kind of dang. Yeah. <laughs> they still have to pay Dak Prescott. Like Dak Prescott will kind of like like, like neat leave now. It's kind of funny because like he's not getting paid. He's been wanting to get paid. I feel like since they did Anyways, the tag, he has to play for them. Yeah. And also, like, I don't know how that works. got signed to forty-five million a year, so now, like, he's gonna ask for something near there because he <laughs> wants to be money boy. Anyways, NFC wise, with the Packers, I think I think I want to see Aaron Rodgers in his very last NFC Championship game. Dude's getting old, but that that team still is pretty good. Devontae Adams is there. Uh, Lazard, they got like Valdez Scantling. They got a pretty good uh, receiver core there. Offense that there too as well. With Aaron Jones, he was a workhorse last year, but I, I like the Packers there as well. I think they can they can make some noise in the playoffs. I w- Packers Saints honestly for me, right there. But again, the Cowboys are like my sleeper pick right there. Anyways, that's pretty much that question. Intriguing question, my Ben here. We'll move on to a soccer topic here. Is Andre Beck? Is Andre Blake Beck? Is Andre Blake the best goalkeeper? Is Andre Blake the best goalkeeper in the MLS? Ben on Twitter says he thinks he is. Dan is a yeah, big dude I'm, guy. I'm gonna talk, big bandwagon. I'm gonna talk a little not bandwagon, but big diehard fan. If you watch the Union, if you know at all, if you know anything about soccer, you watch the Union, and you see this man play for 90 minutes, you will be, without a doubt, left in your mind, <laughs> think he is the best goalkeeper in the MLS. No doubt about it. This man saves the Union time and time again. The Union will Back score, and their defense will literally fall apart, and Blake will keep them in the game. He'll just ricochet these balls out of the net. He'll save it like he's God. I'm telling you, this man. Yeah, all because of Jack Elliott. <laughs> he looks like a zombie. It sucks. <laughs> hey, game tomorrow. <laughs> I'm actually still hyped for that. Yes, huge dude, Nani's, Nani's going to destroy us, though, the Portuguese dude. Nah, Orlando's trash. We're gonna destroy them. Well, they're uh, they're they're headed by one goal in the group. Anyway, so you can continue. I'm sorry we, for that. We won't. yeah. So anyway, Blake, um, you know, without a doubt, we have he's the best goalkeeper in MLS. I feel like he could be a decent goalie in Europe. Uh-huh. Wouldn't be great. He, he very much could be. Like honestly, that dude, that dude could go to a bad Premier League one team. Probably get relegated. But like that dude is like that dude is actually sick. He's very, very good. 
Brad Guzan, I believe, played God, in the. That guy sucks so bad. I believe he played in the Premier League at one point. And here's the it thing: so I don't know much. So I don't know any like MLS goalies. I'm I'm gonna assume that the Seattle Sounders have a good one because they're like the best team by far. But I do know that Brad Guzan is also up there. I don't know anything like I said about MLS goalkeepers, but I would say that Andre Blake should be mentioned in any top three goalkeeper arguments. The MLS. Top one. The dude, the dude's a Jamaican national player starter. Oh, yeah. They've never made like a World Cup, but if you see my man's in the World Cup, you know how hype that would be? I would be just, so happy watching Then just getting destroyed by like, I, I got to say, I got to say, go, 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 go. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't know too much about MLS goalkeepers, but I do know that Andre Blake. Like, I, if you turn on, dude, that LAFC game, Philadelphia Union, that dude legitimately made so many saves. It was unreal. That was actually insane. Every that was actually incredible. Every game. Dude, he had, the, he had one where it was Diego Rossi. I know my uh, MLS players, by the way. I'm a big MLS guy. Diego Rossi shot a shot. Got deflected, right? It was just sitting right in front of the net. And then it was just like instantly rebounded. Andre Blake just flails his body. It just nails his head and goes out of bounds. The dude was like holding his head for a minute, but that dude's actually good. He can flail his body everywhere, make any save. Anytime, anywhere. You know what I mean? I agree 100%. I also agree. Anyways. I also agree. <laughs> that ends our short-lived uh, soccer topic. We also have a short-lived baseball topic here. This one's ended by Derek Campo. Do you guys think Pete Rose should be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame? Obviously, there was a big scandal with Pete Rose. He was betting on his very own games on the Phillies. And honestly... I know that Dan just asked me in the chat to go first on this topic. I'm not even too informed on this. Oh, Dan's going pee. I see I'm right not now. also. I'm also not like, informed that much. I know. I know it's a big. Uh, what's it called? A big hot topic. We should have brought on brought on Derek for this. To be honest, I know it's a big topic, but Pete Rose betting on his own games. Derek did inform me a little bit in Odubel's nice to girls group chat that Odubel here is nice to girls. I swear that. <laughs> <laughs> he's watching this he's like anyways Pete Rose I do I don't think he should be inducted honestly into the baseball hall of fame he's a Philadelphia homegrown and everything however Pete Rose I just think that betting on your own games as, and as Derek told me like money was very tight in the MOB then people weren't making a lot of money so doing this was very like mm-hmm. very serious and against the rules so that therefore that's why I think it is bad Again, I'm not too informed on, like, baseball betting and stuff, betting on your own team that you play yeah. for. But mm-hmm. I, just, I do think that's a pretty bad thing. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. that's I mean, it can't that. be a good thing well, in any yeah, go ahead, sport, man. like, ever. So, yeah, I just – Well, I agree. I agree. Yeah, even, like, you, even you're just saying about baseball and knowing about betting in baseball on yourself. But in any sport, you, that would just be a bad decision and just ruin a part of it. So, I just don't think – I agree with Rowan is what I'm saying. All right, well, yeah, this is what I'm going to say. I'd have a problem with it if he bet against his team, but he every time he bet, he bet on his team winning. So I feel like... <laughs> that gets a clown, man. I don't really see the problem with it. If That's like betting your team to win. Like, he's just he was betting on himself, and sometimes, um, he, sometimes he won. So, I mean... Yeah, it makes yeah, it a little bit better, but still... Personally, I feel, I feel like, like he should be inducted in the Hall of Fame because he was such an outstanding player. Mm-hmm. And he he never bet on his team losing, so he like you can never say he threw the game. Yeah, threw yeah. Oh, that is true. Yeah. Wait, Dan, and 
can you clear this up for me? Was the yep. betting like through like a casino type thing, or was he just like going up to his like family and uh, friends, yeah. being like, "I, I feel bet you like this. it was very under the table. I wouldn't say it was like through casinos because that's you know. Yeah, I yeah, see. Yeah, wait, this it was sense. like with like probably you know, a third party, or I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm sort of. I would go to his friends now and like yeah, do it. Was, it you know what I mean? He would do it at like probably anonymously. We probably, yeah, we probably sound like idiots right here because we yeah, know. I have no, I, I know, we yeah. should have brought on Derek for this. That would have been a great debate. People are so mad about what we're talking about because we just have no idea. Yeah. But, yeah. Derek, Derek and Justin want to punch their screen right now. <laughs> Anyways, boys, that is our very last question, our very first episode of the Everybody Eats Sports Talk podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not, this is not in any way going to interfere with Everybody Eats normal podcast, like episode mm-hmm. one, season one. And stuff um but yeah we're just gonna make these episodes whenever we feel like it whenever we have enough que- i'm gonna pull out a poll on my twitter as well as everybody eats not poll but questionnaire q a so we can get some questions in here and who knows maybe we'll feature you i mean we featured a handful of people here yep we got some great stuff. questions in Very so maybe if you point. guys can chip in next week get some good questions and we'll be we'll be on a ball again to roll another episode so thank you all for joining us i mean that was a dank episode i like that yeah and, that was awesome uh, i love that yeah so once again, uh, I'll see you boys. Everybody's yeah, got to eat. See ya.